Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a bonus Loki theory. Oh, hey, chickens. I'm taking a tiny break in... uh what seems to be uh, a hole in the roof drilling schedule that's going on at my house. I don't know how in Loki Down that this is an essential worker on my roof making noise, but hey, welcome to 2021. Uh, I did read an article about essential workers, and apparently if you think you're essential, then you're essential. And I've decided I'm essential. Um, So let's have an essential Loki recap. Uh, Well, it's not really a recap, but let's just look back at what happened. Did you enjoy the final episode of Loki and the series overall. I'm going to say, and I know this is weird for my relentlessly positive podcast where I can manage to say even nice things about the worst episodes of Doctor Who, but I did not love it. Uh, There are things I liked about it. I love Jonathan Majors. I think he's a great actor and what a fun character he had to play um, that Loki and Sylvie were confronted with at the end. Quite clearly, it's Kang, the Conqueror, um, who is a little bit of a bat-poop-crazy character from Marvel. Uh, so, you know, do what you want with him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the statue of him at the very end of the episode was clearly the Kang uniform. So, that's that theory. Um, and also, he did offer the entire TVA to the two Lokis. So, technically, the other theory that Loki was behind it all was was correct <laughs> if they'd taken the job. <laughs> um, I was kind of annoyed with Sylvie's motivation. Like, you know, her, her trauma is so all-encompassing that she just wants to kill the person at the top of the, the, the time agency thing uh and it was it's kind of like a singular motivation and i'm like yeah i get that and then at the end she was just sort of like fell in a heap and i was like well now i want to know the fallout from that i want to know how she feels about doing that you know it's like whenever the robots kill all the humans i'm like that can't just be your singular motivation like you know what's the what's the other reason behind it like 
you know, taking someone's life you feel like needs more of a motivation than I had a terrible childhood because of you. Um, and look, maybe that that is fine, but it just felt felt very simplistic and one note from a psychological perspective. But also from a weird subtextual perspective on this show, the romance between Loki and Lady Loki, like, I found it troubling because essentially, so she's just a variant of him. So one could extrapolate, you know, in in the real world as opposed, as opposed to the Marvel world, she would just be genetically similar to him, i.e. a twin. Um, and that sets up a whole sort of other weird problematic, strange situation that they're now in love with each other. Um, Also, you know, it just felt so, like, the obvious thing to do. Oh, let's make them kiss. And I'm like, meh. Also, Loki's always been sort of sexually ambivalent, so it's weird to give him a girlfriend. Um, I think my biggest problem with this episode, though, is the show don't tell. Um, it was all tell and no show. I mean, great, we got to have what was essentially an extended monologue from Jonathan Majors just explaining, you know, the history of all the Kangs, um, which had shades of the, uh, the kind of multi-universe thing that was going on in the Avengers comic that Jonathan Hickman was writing, um, also stretches back to his, uh, days on the Fantastic Four comic and also... When he was running the ultimate line, um, so yeah, the whole the whole comic book thing was there was the ultimate universe, which was a completely separate place to the normal Marvel universe, uh, and so thing you know things diverged. They happened differently. There was kind of like a it was designed really as a a retelling of all the old Marvel stuff with unburdened by the you know fifty or so years of continuity that was sitting there at the time, and. The as it went along, they they diverged so much that it became two distinct universes, and then Jonathan Hickman smashed them into each other with the the Secret Wars thing. But yeah, the, the like there was so much showing in that that you kind of were like, oh wow, this is enormous. Instead, we just got some dollies on a table reenacting vague bits of whatever was happening. Like there didn't feel like there was the there were the stakes like you know all we know is just he told us that that was what was going to happen and we didn't know necessarily that that was what was going to happen we it was just some guy telling us so yeah i i as you know you would know listening to the doctor who version of this podcast i get really angry at an info dump um i'm not mad for People constantly just standing in the corner explaining the plot. It is really tedious and there are so many better ways to do it than stand in the corner and explain the plot. But I feel like this one kind of left us without that. And I feel like part of that is because of crazy fans. I feel like the the reason we got... Kang in the final episode and nowhere else in the series is because all the fans would have been furious if they'd known it was Kang from the get-go, even though everyone, I think, knew anyway. Um, but also, I just feel like the like you could have shown sort of... You could have interspersed moments 
throughout the series of seeing Kang's world and the like uh, as, as my fiance said you know why didn't they do it like in Watchmen where you had Jeremy Irons in this weird other story that finally coalesced into you know that's Ozymandias on the moon or not on the moon wherever he was some, some moon of Jupiter or something um but yeah uh and you could have done that with Kang. You could have shown him in the various timelines and him at war with the multiverse and then finally in this place where they found him at the end. So that when they get there, we're like, oh, that's the guy we've seen all those scenes of in the last five episodes. But because of crazy fanness, um, that everyone would have been furious and like, oh, no, you revealed it too early. But for a casual viewer who doesn't know the comics, who doesn't know Kang, it's just some guy in a purple cloak talking nonsense at the end of time. And it's really unsatisfying dramatically because you've tried so hard to service fans. Also, the ending I found just annoying. (laughs) Like, there's a statue of, of Kang the Conqueror and... Then the after credit scene is just a big stamp saying, oh, there's going to be a Loki series too. Um, it just, it was really unsatisfying and it just felt like, it felt like uh, Justin Hamilton used to say that um, he got to a point with Marvel movies where he felt like he was only turning up to watch the after credit sequence. <laughs> like the two hours beforehand were just padding for a trailer for the next movie. And then that next movie was two hours of padding for the trailer for the next movie. And it was all anyone seemed to care about were the interconnected bits. And it's like, shouldn't the film be entertaining in and of itself? And I think that's, I really loved the Black Widow movie, which I splashed out on the Disney Premier Access because our cinemas are closed here in uh, New South Wales. Although maybe they're open, maybe they're essential. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'll, probably, I'll turn up at the cinema tomorrow and be like, is this an essential thing? And like, oh, yeah, definitely essential. Come in. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the the Black Widow because it was not like it's only nods to continuity were that it it slotted in between two two other films and other than that that's all we needed to know. You know, Natasha's on the run and that's the end of that. <laughs> that's all we really needed to care about. But yeah, I I just I found it really unsatisfying as just a you know if, you, if you're not versed in the entire world of Kang the Conqueror, like, I feel like this is one of those shows that needs 47 YouTube videos for it going, Wait, here's some wicked Easter eggs you didn't notice in Loki on Disney+. Plus. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, you don't get those for Pride and Prejudice, you know? It's not like, here's some Easter eggs from the Jane Austen cinematic universe you didn't know. Elizabeth Bennet, that's her name in the book. Oh, my God. What a surprise. Like, just, I don't need that in my life. Just have the, have the content be self-explanatory in and of itself. Anyway, I've gotten off track and I've gotten to the end of the episode. There may be another one of these. Who knows? ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.